When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Today marks 30 years since Polish filmmaker Agnieszka Holland directed her version of The Secret Garden, executive produced by Francis Ford Coppola, to open in movie theaters August 13, 1993. I spoke to Daisy Egan, who became the youngest actress ever to win a Tony Award in Broadway's The Secret Garden at age 11 in 1991. We spoke in 2016 when she passed the torch to 11-year-old Anya Rothman at Shakespeare Theatre Company in Washington, D.C. Daisy Egan, I play Martha in The Secret Garden. And I'm Anya Rothman, and I play Mary Lennox in The Secret Garden. So yes, like they said, it's The Secret Garden, and it's uh, at Shakespeare Theatre Company. It's not often we get a Tony winner here, <laughs> and you are the youngest ever, still to this day, right? You still hold the record, the youngest yep, ever Tony Youngest winner. female. Youngest female, yeah. okay. So mm-hmm. they slice it and dice it. Yeah. Okay, but <laughs> you can still, you still have the record. Yes. Okay. Before we dive into this play, I want to know, what because you played the role that, that your colleague here <laughs> played years ago, mm-hmm. back when you were really young. Um, so just before we dive in, tell me some of the, the memories of, of that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I was a very big fan of the book, uh, The Secret Garden. I had read it many times. And so when the opportunity came up for the musical, um, it just was a natural fit. And um, I I was not very well trained. I was in Les Miserables on Broadway, and I had done one other show. Um, so, I, you know, I, I knew the craft, but I wasn't trained. Right. Which I think worked in my favor because I wasn't, you know, a lot of times kids are are so highly polished that they walk into the audition and they're just sort of automatons. And um, so when somebody comes in that's natural, I think it's a nice, a breath of fresh air. So that worked in my favor. And um, uh, when I booked the role, um, I mean, you know, I don't have to say I was so excited. (laughs) Um, And I left... Les Mis to go do it and then the show actually fell through initially um so that was sort of devastating and then we did a 29 hour reading which is just a a name of a contract and uh then we did a backers audition to try to get support and this was in the old days when you could just sort of do that right um it's very different these days and we did the backers audition and the Dodgers came on and some other investors and said yes we absolutely want to do this and we opened on Broadway in April of 91. Yeah, wow. So 25 years ago. And it won a couple Tonys. It did. It, for you. I it think did. for Best Book, maybe. Best and, Book, yeah. uh, Best Set Design, and wow. I won. What was it like, Tony Knight, getting up there on stage? Oh, my God. Tony Knight was um, really crazy. It was... I didn't... I don't think I'd ever watched the Tonys before. Um, my mother had been really uh, keen on preparing me for not winning, because kids don't usually win. Right. 
So, you know, she was like, try not to be disappointed, but it's very unlikely. And (laughs) but we wrote some names down. Thank God, because I would have gone blank. Um, (laughs) uh, I brought my stuffed rabbit with me um, (laughs) and my sister sat with me and my parents got seats up in the balcony. Um, And I, you know, I mean, Audrey Hepburn kissed my head and oh my gosh. <laughs> I walked off backstage and I met Lily Tomlin, which was really amazing and told her I was a huge fan. And, um, are you still carrying stuffed rabbit at this point? <laughs> no, I left the stuffed rabbit with my sister, right. but she did hold him up when I thanked him in my speech. Wow. Um, and then I had to perform at the same, you know, um, yeah. ceremony. So my cast was all waiting for me upstairs in the dressing room and, it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And so what's it like for you then to be able to, you know, you know that her history of all that and that you're starring across, you know, this original Tony winner and that, but now it's your turn to play that same role. Do you, I mean, how exciting is it for you? And do you, you know, do you ask her for advice every now and then? <laughs> well, it's really, really cool because, um, Daisy's really awesome. <laughs> and... She won a Tony for the role that I'm playing now. So were you nervous at all like to to perform opposite me or or were you just like did it make you nervous at all or well, were you excited? Um I was kind of nervous before I met you cuz <laughs> I didn't know what you would be like. <laughs> and um when I met Daisy, she was really nice and she wasn't being you, big about it. <laughs> you realize she's a regular person, right? <laughs> you were a little worried I was going to be like a diva. Yeah. Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but always when I meet people who've done a lot of stuff, they have experience. And so sometimes it's really cool to work with them, but you just don't know what they're going to be like. So, yeah. Well, Anya she, was Anya was really um, on it from the from the get go. I thought she really jumped into the part head first and um, asked really smart questions and has she has great instincts and um, and lots of energy and she's adorable to watch. Yeah. Well, before we get too far into the performances, which I want to do. Let's back up a second, and let's say maybe some of our listeners don't know about The Secret Garden. That seems hard to believe, right? There's been a, little a book bit. in the play. And, I think <laughs> and there was lots a movie of movies. Yeah. Um, but let's let's pretend they've been under a rock. Someone, <laughs> One of you guys explain what this story is about. Oh, so Mary Lennox uh, grew up in India, and then in most productions she's 11. When she turns 11, or around then... Um, Cholera epidemic, I think it's called, is yeah, happening. Cholera, you got and it. And so she is, and her parents, in at least in the musical, um, have a dinner party, and everyone dies. So we like to call it the cholera, par- cholera party in our show. <laughs> the cholera party. <laughs> and everyone dies there, and in the musical she sees it, but then she kind of forgets, and. Doesn't she go to live with an uncle? Yes, um, and her uncle also has experienced trauma because his wife, Lily, died, mm-hmm. 
and and she never she never met her uncle before. Right. Yeah, she's never met him because he lives in England and she was living in in India, and her mother didn't like that Lily married um, her uncle Archibald Craven right. because Archibald Craven is a hunchback, mm. and. Back then, we weren't so open-minded about people and their differences. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and L- Lily died because she fell out of a tree. But didn't she keep a secret garden? Yes, because the in- she had the tree in her garden and the branch broke because the garden was surrounded by a hedge or a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Archie gave her the garden as sort yeah. of like, you know, as a wooing uh, yeah. opportunity. Right. Because Lily really liked gardening, mm-hmm. and she really liked roses, mm-hmm. so there are lots of those in her garden. And when, back to the present story, mm-hmm. when Mary arrives um, in the musical, she hears crying. By now, the that party <laughs> people the party came people. back as Goes. Yeah, Mary, Mary, the cholera people. Mary's father and mother, mm-hmm. and all of the other generals, and in the, and it's the British colonized mm-hmm. India. India. Yes. But she hears voices, like, and then she meets crying. Colin. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> apparently, we're going moment by moment. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and so she sings a song with Archie and Lily, and then everyone else joins. Mm-hmm. Basically, everyone, and. He doesn't find anything the first time. And the song is called I Heard Someone Crying. <laughs> and so then she goes back to bed. And Martha comes in. Wow. Martha. And Martha's like a maid. Martha is a scullery maid um, who gets basically promoted to take care of Mary. I think that the house has sort of fallen into a bit of disrepair in the 10 years since Lily has died. Archie is a recluse and doesn't, you know, can't. He has not gotten over. He basically needs a therapist is right. the situation um, and needs to go to like a singles meet and move on. Uh, <laughs> Another but, collar party. Yeah, <laughs> collar party. But, uh, but, he's, but he's sort of stuck. And um, so that I think they sort of have a skeleton crew going on in the house. And when Mary's coming, they just promote Martha, who's a, a sturdy country gal from Yorkshire. And, um, you know, Martha sees this. Martha's got lots of brothers and sisters, so she knows all about kids. And she sees this, um, you know, dour, sour, sad-looking little girl and thinks, I'm going to try to fix this. Um, And she sort of nudges her outside toward um, toward the garden, Toward the secret garden that she may or may not know about. You'll have to see the play. Yeah, the musical and to find out. and Mary, you know, ventures out and and he, and in the process, she meets all of the country folk and heals. You know, she finds this garden and she finds Colin, who is her cousin, and he's been sick in bed for ten years since Lily died. And tell me about Colin. He is he in a wheelchair? Well. He spent almost his whole time in bed because he hates fresh air and he won't be taken out. Because... Does he hide from the light too? He's very uh, pale. He's yes, very pale. he's very pale and sickly seeming. And seeming. Yes. <laughs> and he's been in his bed for almost his whole life. 
And what does your character think of Kylo Ren? Do they become he, really close? They're very nasty, both still. <laughs> Mary not as, but <laughs> Colin. And so Mary's telling Colin off, and he doesn't like it because they've never had people to argue against because their servants have always just been silent and not really telling them to do anything. Right. And so they clash, but they make friends. Oh, that's great. And in through the friendship, they experience the garden together, mm-hmm. right? And yes. maybe have a hopeful surprise by the end for mm-hmm. Colin. Okay? I, yeah, I think that Don't Mary, Mary, I won't spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the story is about uh, healing and rebirth yeah. and um, Mary heals herself and she heals, right. you know, the people around yeah. her. And it's about sort of coming back to life after being dormant for a very long time. I love it. Yeah. So tell me, who plays uh, Colin? Who's your co-star? Uh, Henry Baratz, and he's really nice, <laughs> and he plays Colin. He's 13. He's uh, he. I think he comes from like a choir background. He's okay. got a beautiful voice, and he is. He's a doll. That's awesome. Now tell me, so we went through the whole story. Mm-hmm. Tell me about... The music, because that's what makes this special from maybe maybe like movie versions people have seen. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a favorite song, each of you? Uh, well, I really like Wick because it's very upbeat. And Lily's Eyes is also really good. Mm-hmm. Lily's Eyes? Why do you like Lily's Eyes? Because it, it's a full song and... um. It's a ballad, right? Yeah, it's very but dramatic. It's, but it's an up tempo, not up tempo, but like it's it has it's driving. Driving ballad, yeah. <laughs> and um I like the orchestra in it. Nice. How about you, Dave? Um I think some of my favorite songs have actually been cut. <laughs> you know, this right, is Right, cuz you did them years yeah, ago. Yeah, this is a new version and and they've cut Quite a bit. Which were the ones that were cut? And then you can tell me your favorites of the ones um, remaining. <laughs> the ones that were cut were Round Shouldered Man, which was Colin's song. Um, the Quartet, which has sort of been changed into Neville's song. And um, Race You to the Top of the Morning. Um, and I'd say that Race You to the Top of the Morning and the Quartet were two of my favorite numbers in that show. Was it just to streamline it or why yes. would it? Yeah. yeah, I think that I think Marsha and Lucy really wanted to streamline the story. You know, modern audiences have a shorter attention span and I think they just wanted to be very clear about the story they were telling. Yeah. So they were, you know, they sort of took a, a scalpel to it. Yeah. Um but yeah, Lily's eyes is gorgeous. Um Wick is beautiful. Winters on the Wing is one of my favorite songs of all time and um, I'm partial to hold on, frankly. Um, <laughs> but you know, the score of this show is, is, um, I think it's one of the best scores of all time. I mean, I think I'd say it's in the top 10 wow. and, and I've heard over the years, many, many people have come up to me and said that, you know, the, the original cast recording got them through a really difficult summer or they, you know, whatever it was, they came out of the closet and their parents didn't understand and they ha- you know they used it or they lost somebody close to them or they went off to college or whatever it was people have sort of used this this score over the years to sort of get them through hard times and i i think that it does that successfully <laughs> um this and the is Marcia Norman and Lucy, Lucy Simon. Simon yeah and um 
the orchestrations in this production are are lovely and um and the voices are gorgeous so works out nice what's it been like working with david the director oh armstrong he's um a very good director he answers all my questions and usually not just even if it's a yes or no question it's not just a yes or no answer i feel that's He's a really good director, and a lot of people want someone who can thoroughly explain things as he does. And the way he's locked and done the acting, or helped us with the acting, makes it seem very convincing and lifelike, and not as if, we were trying to convey something through something that isn't normally how things are conveyed. Right. If you know what I mean, because yeah, for sure. It it's not just like a scene, and it conveys something that you wouldn't learn in this that time and what's happening in real life at that place, or or it doesn't try to tell us something that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, what about your experience working with David? Because you worked. Who who was the director back on the? Uh, in, uh, on Susan Broadway? Susan Shulman was our director on Broadway. Um, they have a very different. Yeah, compare their style. Style. Um, you know, to be f- very honest, I don't really remember right. too well what Susan's style was, though I do remember. Um, she gave me the best piece of acting advice I've ever gotten in my life, Whoa. or direction, which was the sentence ends with the period, oh. uh, which means you don't trail off. Um, oh. It's really terrific advice. <laughs> Meaning when people read their lines, they kind of trail off? Yeah, a lot of times people tend to go like this at the end of the sentence. Yeah. And so the <laughs> sentence ends at the period. That's um, great. Uh, so that was really, I always stuck with me, obviously. She also was very specific about She's very exacting, and she, uh, we, I got stacks and stacks of notes, some of which I still have, um, that would be like a, basically a line reading written down, uh, which is can be really frustrating, but but I realized that it it really did bring out this performance, and I think without her, I wouldn't have won that Tony Award. I think she is largely uh, to credit for that. Where is um, the Tony now? In storage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony Awards in storage. In a box. Somewhere. In a box. Um, David uh, David is, in my experience, a little more hands-off in terms of the, um, in terms, in he, mm, David is, uh, he, he likes to set up a picture and he sort of trusts the actor to um, fill out the picture with, the story if that makes sense and then it's and then if we do have questions we can come to him but i think i think what part of what his talent is is casting people who are going to get the job done so he can say like here's here's the picture i want and then we we make it work emotionally right another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Speaking of the picture, we've talked about the music and other things, but what are we going to see when we come in? What are we, you know, the set, is it like, because you go to live with your, your uncle, is I'm picturing like Manderley or, you know, like Rebecca or something, but does the, the place become part of a character in this? Well, our set, usually it's not just staying still. It's not usually like a drop comes down and we're just performing in front of it. Many times something is moving and it does a lot of things stay still, but it gives you the illusion that it's always moving, especially in Archie's mansion. Mm. Um, it's there are three sliders that are the basic house. They aren't normal house looking. They're kind of just mixes of different elements of a house stairways it's sort of doorways in some ways it's kind of asher-esque you know you've got these stairways that don't really go don't really go anywhere and it's dark and and sort of gothic in that way and these and these pieces move constantly so the the set is definitely a big um component of the story and then the garden is it just gorgeous at the end it's very beautiful it's really gorgeous there's so many flowers a lot of times when it's revealed the audience just spontaneously bursts into applause because it, it really is just bright and beautiful and the gas filled yeah, yeah. Wow. and we have a we have two drops backdrops oh yeah um sometimes things go in front of them but there are two main backdrops at the very back of the stage there's our outside one, which is a sky, and there is our house one. And the cool thing about the sky one is that they can light it in very different ways so that it can be night and it doesn't always have to be a realistic mm-hmm. color. Mm-hmm. And when the first time you the audience sees the garden, it still looks dead, but it's very beautiful because there's a moon in the back mm-hmm. and... The sky's all dark and blue, and it's the sets are amazing. (laughs) (laughs) To be short, that's great. Since you've played, you've been in her shoes before. Mm -hmm. Talk about what when you sit there and watch her acting. Do you a does it bring back memories, and b like how do you how do you how do you grade her performance? (laughs) Um, (laughs) It brings back lots of memories, certainly. I may or may not have recently had access to a bootlegged uh, video of ooh. of a preview from Broadway. <laughs> that was trippy. Um, 
so yeah, it, it certainly brings back memories and Anya's performance is um I think very different from mine, but really terrific. And um and uh, you know it's my biggest fear is that I'm basically stealing my performance from Alison Fraser. <laughs> and I'm worried that she'll come see the show and go, um, that's my show. Uh, but, you know, hopefully 25 years has obscured it enough that I am doing my own thing. Borrow from wherever you can. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it's um, it's delightful to get to watch Anya develop this character on her own and, and create Mary um, for herself. And, and there were times in rehearsal where David, you know, he calls us by our character names when he's directing and he'd say like, he'd say Mary crossed to center and I'd be halfway to center and I'd be like, right, I'm not, I'm not Mary anymore. Right. <laughs> y- 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 you got it on you. Go, go for it. <laughs> oh, you mean that Mary. <laughs> right. So that's yeah. hilarious. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How, when did you get into acting? What, how old were you? Um, well, when I did my first show when I was about five and a half. Oh. Where but, were you? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I, I've lived in the same house all my life. Oh, cool. um, it's in the Charlottesville area oh, okay. in Virginia. And even before I did shows, I didn't know I wanted to do acting, but I loved musicals. And I, my favorite musical back then I mean, I hadn't seen the musical, but I always was listening to Wicked, I know. Oh. And I <laughs> love doing theater ever since. And the first show I did was Susical. Susical. And it was one of those shows that, you know, everybody gets into. And it's... Where was this? Was this at your school or what was this? Um, It was kind of... We don't have any theater stuff really near our home, so we have to drive 30 minutes for almost everything we do, at least. That's not true. Where, wh- where was it? Do you remember the, remember. the theater was called? Oh. That's okay. We can look it up. Susical. Okay. The, the tour, or you did a production here? No, it was just a oh, okay. local Virginia. It, it, yeah, it was just like for... Awesome. Yeah. And what other... Did you... So you you did that first one, and were you hooked? Were you like, I got to do this? I don't remember. I mean, <laughs> I'm imagining, because yeah. then I did two more shows there, and then I did started doing not just that theater. Yeah. And I started small, and I guess the first professional show I did was The Sound of Music, and I auditioned. And it was one of those auditions where the callbacks are all the same day, and they just release the people who aren't mm-hmm. going yeah. to the next callback. And I who who were you? Were you one of the Von Trapp? I children? was Gretel for the Brit, and <laughs> then I just started auditioning for everything. How did you get this one? How did you hear about Secret Garden? Um. Well. My parents knew that there was, like, a concert, I'm pretty sure. And so we thought that was cool. And we, I think we heard that they were doing it in here. And <laughs> before we really thought that I would be good for auditioning, 
I'm not really quite sure. <laughs> and they saw that there were auditions, and they yeah. and they were like, and so we um uh, inserted me for um auditions, and then I got one, and got so <laughs> then I got callbacks. Since well, how many callbacks did you have to do? Oh, okay. <laughs> the, counting the first, I mean, not no, you the, did your audition, and then I think there were. Two, two callbacks. I think. Right? Two callbacks? You need to take some ginkgo Something biloba. Like <laughs> <laughs> and and there might have been a third, but it wasn't, I'm not sure if it was like a callback callback because right. we didn't see anyone else there. Right. Okay. It was just like to you? work with David. How excited were you when they said, you're going to be the one? I was really excited. To tell the truth, I thought I was too young looking because that's, was the case a lot of times or I was too tall and so this time I was I was so excited because I I just didn't know if I would get it or not because first they put me on a hold and then they put me on the stronghold and we were like what does this mean <laughs> and then they told me and it was I was so excited that's so great and remind us where <laughs> Daisy where so you're you're how you got into it Long ago. Oh, back then? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. um, And my dad had been an actor in the 60s, and he quit um, doing that long before I was born. And we didn't see a lot of theater growing up. We we couldn't afford it. Um, So I didn't, I wasn't really exposed to it. And then when I was about eight, he, my dad decided to, to go to do a play. So I saw that, and that was sort of my first experience of seeing theater and and I was very badly teased at school so so this idea that I could like go be somebody else was very very appealing so I told my parents I wanted to try it and they they were reluctantly supportive um and they looked in backstage for auditions and um you know I think in some ways it was I was at the right place at the right time and again I wasn't too polished and and I was good at it so I was lucky um, and by the time Secret Garden came around, I had an agent because I was in Les Mis. So I had, I, you know, he submitted me and I got called in for that. And I think I had also two or three <laughs> callbacks. <laughs> Bless you. There's that um, call button. <laughs> and for this one, uh, Anya mentioned the concert. We did a 25, 25th anniversary concert at Lincoln Center in February. Awesome. And when I saw that it had been announced, I immediately started silently and and vigorously campaigning <laughs> for the part um and i had an opportunity to sit down with marcia and lucy for an interview and i basically threw myself at their feet um and begged and it worked <laughs> this is for the concert this, this was for the concert um and they hadn't seen me perform in a very long time so they didn't know so our musical director michael cosrin who was also the original musical director uh he looked me up on YouTube and saw some like recent singing and he was like, she, she belts to a D she's fine. (laughs) Um, and so I did the concert and then, you know, once this came up, the concert was basically my audition for this. It was like the springboard to this. Right. right, Which is nice because I am terrible at auditioning. So (laughs) I was lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you were only as good as Anya. Uh, I mean, (laughs) you know, that's awesome. Well, is there anything we're leaving out? The show is... You should come see the show because it's so great. Yeah, you should come see the show because it's so great. It's really family-friendly. 
Um, we don't even curse once. We don't even curse yeah. once. I think the worst thing we say is friggin'. Um, <laughs> and that happens in a, in a memory maelstrom oh, of lots of things happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, kids will enjoy it. Adults will enjoy it. It's. I think it really does appeal to all audiences, and I think it is relevant to some of the things that are going on um, internationally in the world these days. And how so? Well, you know, Mary is a refugee. You know, she's taken away from her home and sent to a place she doesn't know, and uh, she's lost everything that she knows. And I think that there are situations happening in the world right now that um, are similar. And so I do think in, in a lot of ways that is relevant. And it helps us to remember that um, there is hope in the world and that even when things seem really dark and really bleak, um, there is hope and and life and happiness are always just lurking right under the surface. And you just need to scrape away a bit of the dead bark, Right. It's Wick. It's Wick. It's w- oh, <laughs> explain that for me a little bit. Um, the Wick means oh, alive. Wick, Wick it means alive, even if it looks dead. The Wick the song is about how the garden is alive, even though it probably looks dead. Mm. And underneath that dead wood, there is green. The garden oh. and other things mm. might be more alive than we. Right. Than we think. So is the idea how, how can if our if our listeners come to the theater, um, how can they find the secret garden inside themselves? Peel away their own wick. I think hope and love can never really die, and so I feel like if you come see the show and you feel like you've, you know, had troubles. Yeah, you've had some troubles. I think it's a good reminder that like around the corner, you know, is is hope and it and it is there it's just a matter of going out and and finding it well and holding on <laughs> well that's the perfect place to leave it we'll leave Great. on a hopeful note thanks so much for coming in thank, thank you for you. having us it. um again it's uh the secret garden at shakespeare theater company thanks so much for coming in this is awesome thank you for having thank us you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.